Today is Thursday, February 25th, 2016, and this is Radio Wave. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining us on tonight's broadcast of Radio Wave. Our host is a friend of Medjugorje. Jesus said in the scriptures, in the world you will have trouble. It is the promise that wherever we are in life and in every age, there's going to be trouble. And indeed, in this world today, there is a lot of trouble in the world. And this is the reason why Our Lady has come, why she gives messages to us on the 25th of the month. And tonight, a friend of Medjugorje will open up this message for us through God's grace to help us to see how we face the trouble of the world with Our Lady. In John, it says, Yet the world and its enticements are passing away, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. Our Lady echoes the scriptures because she just told us this, that we've been quoting a lot on our programs. Everything is falling apart. Everything is passing. Only the glory of God remains. Open this up last night just to read something at random. Yet the world and its enticements are passing away, but whoever does the will of God remains forever. And so our lady is talking about being glorified herself. We see that we're in a time that God is not glorified. And yet it's our answer to everything, not the politics, not more laws, not more restrictions. Everything in front of us is pointing one direction. You have to choose heaven or you have to choose hell. There's no more middle ground. And our message today shows that. Our Lady of Medjugorje's February 25th, 2016 Monthly Message to the World Dear children, in this time of grace, I am calling all of you to conversion. Little children, you love little and pray even less. You are lost and do not know what your goal is. Take the cross. Look at Jesus and follow him. He gives himself to you to the death on the cross because he loves you. Little children, I am calling you. Return to prayer with a heart so as to find hope and the meaning of your existence in prayer. I am with you and am praying for you. Thank you for having responded to my call. This message for the 25th is really unusual because it sounds more like a second of the month message. We're always correcting us for our unbelief. And when you don't pray, you love little, you pray even less, and you're lost, you don't know what your goal is. This is describing people who have unbelief. And yet that is in the ranks of the church, ranks in the hierarchy, all the way down to the pew. If it wasn't so, from the top to the bottom, Our Lady wouldn't be here. You have to keep laying that principle in front of yourself that Our Lady's here every day for 34 years because something is very, very sick. You can say, I know the world's sick. I know it's in trouble. 
But you can't say that with saying what is that equal from. If you have an equation and it equals a sick, very disturbed world, the mathematical addition to that, to equal that, is that the church is very sick. If the church was healthy, if the church was strong, if it was convicted, if it was powerful, it would equal to the same things in the world. The fact that it's not is a reflection of the mirror of what the world is about, the church is too. We're not a convicting people any longer. We get defeated over and over. Who People have no power. There are minorities in the society of what they want to lead it to, and we cow down to it. And we think we have to be tolerant of it. We think to be tolerant is to be Christian. There's nothing in Christianity about being tolerant. Compassionate, maybe, but not tolerant. When you're tolerant to sin, it prevails over you, and you become in that mire and affected, and your children would go that way. And so our lady says something that's interesting today. I'm calling all of you to conversion, not some of you. I'm calling you first in the Medjugorje world, you people who have been following me, to conversion. It's interesting when our lady's messages comes out, because we see it weeks before, even months we feel it. I've been feeling for a whole year Last six months, I need conversion. I've been praying for that. My Sunday night messages, even frequently, the community goes in my office and pray for my decisions for that week and my wife's decisions. Just like you would pray for a bishop because we do have a capacity of direction here of guiding the mission that I depend on those prayers and I study that message as my message for the week and it's about conversion. Be Jesus' friend. Work on your conversion. But I feel that, I sense that through prayer before I read it. And so this message today is not anything new to what we've already been experiencing in the community. If you live the messages, if you're asking for God's will to be in your life, you'll sense what you need to do. And it's confirmed when a lady comes out seeing the void that needs to be filled to take care of the situation she observes of the state where we're at at that moment. So she says, in this time of grace, I am calling you all to conversion. Not some of you. You know what I saw that. I'm calling all you to conversion. First thing I thought about is Medjugorje people. Because many of them think that they've converted and they don't, they've gone through their profound conversion and their work is only to convert other people. No, my primary work My first work, my first choice, my first place to be working is on my own conversion, always. Everybody else is secondary. I can't work on somebody else's conversion if I still need conversion in my life. So when can I say, okay, I can really work as a primary thing on somebody else's conversion? Never. Only when I'm looking down from heaven, by the hope of God, I can go there instead of passing through purgatory. But I'm a sinner. I know I need to be purified. Maria, I asked her, did you get told that you're going to heaven like Jacinta did and Francisco? She said, no, I hope I just get behind the door with a broom. This girl's a saint. But to be a saint, you have to have that mentality. You have to have that idea of yourself. That you're nothing. And they said that. She said, April 2nd, 2013, my children, it is according to God's will that you are and that you exist, and without God's will, you are nothing. You might breathe, your heart might be beating, but if you're not in God's will, our agent says, you are nothing. As a mother, I'm asking you to speak about the glory of God with your life, because in that way, you will also glorify yourself. Whoa, those are heretical words. Glorify yourself? Would it glorify yourself? Our lady adds to that. Show humility. Because you will glorify yourself. People are attracted to that. If they see you're powerful, that, that your life convicts them, and you humility in the middle of that, you're glorified because you're to glorify God. And if God's in you, then you glorify Him. 
We had a Franciscans that rushed over here real quickly, like 911 when Maria came here in 1988, to stop this. They didn't want a lady out. It's like Jack in the Box. They wanted to control it. They ran over two, three Franciscans the whole time Maria was here. And when the Franciscan got here, he actually leaned over Maria one time at the hospital and said, tell a lady we have enough messages. Don't, don't, don't give any more messages. Was I scandalized? You bet I was. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. He said in creation, and my friend next to me spoke perfect creation and heard it and said, you won't believe what just I said. And I confirmed it later. I won't go deeper into that. But what I'm saying is, is our lady says things that give people trouble, especially the advanced learned the same Franciscan, because from Medjugorje, spoke at one of the churches here. And when he spoke, they had said here a beautiful message on November 26, 1988 from the bedroom. She says, I ask you once again to pray. Now remember, we're all in the bedroom. This is two days after the first apparition in the field. The bedroom is packed. The house is packed. People start coming by the hundreds and even to the thousands and tens of thousands into the field. And even other countries, they start flying in. All spontaneous. We didn't advertise. It was word of mouth. Family of people saying this. Four people came from Russia. So it is November 26th. These apparitions started here, I think, November 19th. That's the first apparition. And the lady says, I ask you once again to pray, especially pray for my intentions. If you pray for my intentions, I will be glorified through you. All your prayers are going to help you through my hands. Well, this one priest got a hold of that. And he brought this message up at our local Catholic church. It says, Our Lady would never say that. And I went to a mattress. Our Lady did say that. Our Lady's humble. She would never say, I'm going to be glorified. I asked him then, I said, What's the glorious mysteries about? The fourth is the assumption, buddy. That's pretty glorious. We call it the glorious mysteries. The fifth is the coronation. That's real glorious to me. He wouldn't answer, but his theological mindset didn't allow a mentality to be open to see that. And so April 2nd, Our Lady tells us as an individual, my children, it is according to God's will that you are and that you exist. And without God, you are nothing. As a mother, I'm asking you to speak about the glory of God with your life in that way, you will also glorify yourself. She wants us glorified. We're to walk out in the streets and we are to resemble us a glorified Christ because he shines so much through us in our hearts. Why do people chase the saints? Why do people chase the apostles? Why do people chase Our Lady? Why do people chase the visionaries? Because they are glorified in their very being by being possessed by the Holy Virgin Mary. You mean Maria is out there and she sees and talks every day to a heavenly being? You don't think people want to stop and talk to her for those who've met her for the first time or not awed? I've taken people to Medjugorje in the highest level of society, super wealthy. One individual didn't even want to stay there but two hours. He went there and accompanied his wife and he was going to go to the coast of Greece from there. I went into Maria. I said, Maria, there's a person here that can influence a lot of people as far as what his work is and who he is. Not that we're exalting somebody because they're up in influential side of the culture, but his yeses could open doors to a lot of propagation of the messages. So I said, Maria, he's going to leave. He's just dropped his wife off here, but I think he needs to stay here. But I just want you to meet with him. He comes in, spends five minutes, and she was so glorious in this encounter with this man who many around the world knew that after five minutes we walked out. I said, Mr. So-and-so, so what do you think? He said, she's real. I said, well, I told your secretary to make two reservations for you to stay here for the next five days or go on to the coast of Greece. What do you want to do? He said, I think I'll stay. At the end of that stay, he said, if you said to me, I was going to be in front of St. James Church on my knees during that person time, I said, that could never happen. I said, I know your secretary told me the same thing, but I know Medjugorje and I know Maria. It is glorious. 
I didn't say glorious, but I'm telling you this, it is glorious. And when people see glory, they want to be part of it. And that's part of Medjugorje's problem because people are in it for the glory. You can't be in Medjugorje and file out for the glory or associate with this or be visionaries, chasers. Should you want to be around Maria? Should you want to talk to her or Mariana or Yvonne? Of course. You can't be faulted for that. When I'm with Maria and it's just me and her and she's talking to her lady, I get real close to Maria. Sometimes I lean my shoulder into her. So because I want to be there, right there where Mary is. Why? Because she's standing in front of glory. And you can see that countenance in her face is glorification. It mirrors what she sees. And I've seen Maria do glorious things. And a lady's calling for that in her message. You'll do great works, we were recently told. This is who we are. You think the stars out there now of the culture and of the world and the important VIPs and whoever they may be and the power brokers and the politicians? No, the power that's going to be is the apostles. The whole world is being placed in our hands. It's for us to carry it through humility, through glorified persona, mirrored through Our Lady of the Christ and who He is. There's a sentence in here that's a little awkward, and I just want you to comment on it. What you feel, Our Lady, is the mystery of this particular line where she says, He gives Himself to you, to the death on the cross, because He loves you. That phrase in there, to the death, kind of conjures up for me just the times of the nights, you know, when they're, they're, they are fighting to the death, that this is the, the kind of key in that message or in that particular line. Well, the first thing I did when I read the message, I went back, underlined the death and put quotation marks. That, that was a singular thing for me as soon as I saw it because it's awkward. He gives himself to you to the death on the cross. We don't have enough time with this message to completely see that. But on the beginning of it, he's given himself to the cross, his death, because we know to be an apostle, you can't do it without being crushed, grounded down to nothing, rebuilt, remolded, to turn into the person that carries the Christ in his heart, who's gone through the death of self, Death of ego, death of the wants of the world, death to all his own will, to live only for God's will, who becomes something and who exists for a purpose that before he was doing his own will, as I said, it's according to God's will that you exist and without God's will, you are nothing. We have many people who are nothing. That's why there's low self-esteem. That's why there's so much depression. That's why people don't even know where they're going. That's why she says that you are lost and do not know what your goal is. What is your goal in life? To just get rich? I tell you, we in the community are rich. And the richest thing we have is our cemetery. Because people can be born here, live here, pass on here, and still be here. And to have that and a people that you can grow in love with and in community with is very, very treasured and very, very powerful. It's a beautiful thing, something profound. It's home. Today, the tragedy we have is people don't have home in their heart. I've seen no man's in Israel. We talk to them. They have a ground that they go around on. It's home to them. But we have a, a void today that the word nomad, how few people have a place that they say is home. No roots, no history. And now we got to break down the family. What does it mean not to have the love and the warmth of a place? And if they're a thousand miles away, they can say, I have a home to go back to. People don't have that. They're in blended families. A false word is something nice. Of a tragic families. A lot of people can't help it. The kids that's being raised in this, now adults, are scarred. 
I longed to have place. I was raised in a neighborhood where we loved our neighbors, and we were raised in different religions, but we were all one. There was a principle in our neighborhood of love, and we felt that. And it was a beautiful place. But when I grew up, and that no longer existed, because the dynamics and the environment and what was happening in the world didn't allow us to stay there. But I wanted to find a place. I moved out here for that. A place where my children could play in creeks, that their children would play in, that their children would play in. Generational. And we see that. My children's playing in creeks. I got my grandchildren doing the same thing. And they'll raise children to come back to some place that's home, a heritage, a haven of heaven, a place you can build your life upon, a place that if all else fails, you can go there, you go back. Who's got those roots today? Very few people. But isn't that what heaven is? To make your home this way, a dwelling place on earth where love reigns? Family and neighbors, we grow together. We transcend the feeling and the passage of what death is for most people. We won't feel. We just continue what we experience here. Making a home on earth is important to making a home in heaven. Very few people have this. And that's why I say we're rich. We're very, very rich in what God's given us in this grace. Staring out into the night Trying to hide the pain I'm going to the place where love And feeling good don't ever cost a thing In the pain you feel's a different kind of pain Well, I'm going home To the place where I belong And where your love has always been enough for me I'm not running from No, I think you got me all wrong I don't regret this life I chose for me these places and these faces are getting old So I'm going home well, I'm going home The miles are getting longer it seems Closer I get to you I've not always been the best man A friend for you But your love remains true And I don't know why You always seem to give me another try So I'm going home To the place where I my love has always been enough for me I'm not running from No, I think you got me all wrong I don't regret this life I chose for me But these places and these faces are getting old Careful what you wish for Cause you just might get it all You just might get it all And then some you don't want Be careful what you wish for Cause you just might get it all You just might get it all yeah To the place where I belong And where your love has always been enough 
gives himself to you to the death on the cross because he loves you. When you go through conversion, you're being given a cross and many things in you have to die. And you can regret this life. As the song just says, I don't regret this life I chose for me. You have to choose God's will over yours. You have to tell God, I no longer want to live by my will, but completely yours. I give up. Free will, I give to you. Show me your will. And then you become somebody. Depression leaves. Self-worth increases. Low esteem vanishes. Because you know you're somebody. My children, it is according to God's will that you are and that you exist, and without God's will, you are nothing. Profound words. Way to glorify God. In the Mass, it says, we praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Do you not think that God wants his people, that our ladies gathering together as apostles, and those disciples and followers of that, where the church is being born into, that he wants the church to be glorified again through its people. You can't have a glorious church without the people being glorious. We have nothing to say, oh, we're sorry for, you know, we think we're glorious. We are to be glorious. Our lady says it and makes it clear to us. And so as you grow older, even the faces around you are getting old. You'll be longing for home. This is our eternal desire to be with God. But if you want to continue your will or you want to partly do God's will, you'll never be satisfied nor content. Our Lady, today she says, you love little, you pray even less, you're lost, you don't know what your goal is, And then she comes down to this last line or right before the last line. And she says, little children, I'm calling you. Then she makes a break in the sentence to make that pause, to make this stronger for us. Return to prayer with a heart so as to find hope and the meaning of your existence, comma, in prayer. So apparently she's looking out at the, as you said, She's talking to all of us, the whole the whole Medjugorje movement. And she's saying that you're finding your hope and the meaning of your existence outside of prayer. She's having to, to clarify that we are supposed to be finding our hope and meaning of our existence in prayer. She's saying we're not finding it there. So where where are people looking for their hope and the meaning of their existence if they're not looking through prayer? Where they're so close yet they're so far away. Because the ray of hope that Ali gives in this message is to return to prayer with the heart so as to find hope and meaning for your existence. And how do you do that? Only by doing God's will. If you're not going to do God's will, you're never going to find it. And that's what everybody's out there searching, lost, because they're immersed in things that blocks the will of God are being found because they never open themselves to find it. And that's what's so evil about our whole electronic age that keeps the mind occupied, the body slack, and not exercised, and the mind free. 
There's no contemplation. There's no room for contemplation. People are occupied constantly with the cyber world of computers and cell phones and iPods, etc., etc. We're not beating a dead horse when we say this. Our ladies repeatedly telling us this. Find a place where you can have a quiet encounter with God. She says, go out into creation, have an encounter with God, the Creator. We never put ourselves in that position. But it takes prayer, a return to prayer, that you can hear that. I know when I start converting, I had a new truck, a brand new radio, and the radio went out. Shouldn't have done that. But I was in so much prayer that I knew God did that. And I don't doubt you know, that was a miracle. He didn't fry the thing. It just didn't work. It wasn't a fuse. I checked that. But I got enough prayer in to realize, hey, God's wanting me to ride around quiet. And I learned a lot from God through those prayer and through those hours when I was driving and going from job to job on my cruise instead of being preoccupied with what was going on in the news or the radio or music. But it gave me another cognition and another strength, another opening that God could give me more strength, more openings to see his will further for me. And that grew and grew, and I wanted more and taste of that. And I fell in love with Our Lady to where I couldn't deny her anything, even my company when that was presented to me, will you give this up? And I walked, and that was a very difficult decision. Something that can't be reached. I had to let that die. I had to slay it on the altar. It wasn't pleasant. It was, oh, oh something flippant. But it was the death, the death on the cross that I was called to do. So I'm calling you to return to prayer with the heart so to find hope and the meaning of your existence in prayer. People feel like they are so alone when they lay down at night and they send their prayer up, or they even be heard. We felt that. I felt that. You've gone through conversion. Many people feel that. So when Our Lady gives us hope to find hope and find meaning of resistance, then you discover that you are to be glorified. By glorifying God, you glorify yourself. So close yet so far away From where I wanted to be I can't seem to notice Just how far I've come And I don't mean to reduce it all The things you've done for me but I swear sometimes I feel I'm out here alone So tonight I lay me down And send up another prayer Ask for guidance and forgiveness And hope that someone's there To hear another plea from me Another ray of hope Cause it feels like I'm out here all alone I can't be the only one That's ever felt this way All I know is it sure feels that way tonight And I don't mean to bother you With my troubled day When there's a world full of things that still ain't right Another 
There's a world full of things that still ain't right. Why is that? What is one problem or one of the major problems or the problem that we can recognize that we do not have the means to raise children in the right way? The infrastructure is not there. Everything in the goal today is a lost goal because it's go to school, get more education, go to university. This is wrong. This is a dead path. This is death. And I don't mean death on the cross. I mean eternal death for many people. You reprobate your minds going to the universities. You open yourself to things you never should be. If you were strong enough, if you had a grounded foundation, maybe you could go there. But we don't have that because we don't have the grand way of life. The grand way of life teaches virtue. One of the greatest virtue is work ethics. If you have animals, you're raised, you will learn how to raise kids. I thank God I got into horses when I was very young at 14. I learned and still carry those methods of how to discipline children here and how to raise my own children. This void that we experience in the world today is one of the major things and tragedies that exist. We're going back to no grand way of life because it's necessary. Why? Because it's called in the very humanness as man that God ordained by the sweat of your brow shall you eat. You are to toil the soil. Not in poverty or not in something that's not consoling. To be close to the land brings something from the soil that is satisfying and something that you're grateful for and you see God's blessings. They did a study recently on human emotions and horses. They realized if you look at a horse angry, that the horse will do a sideways glance of his left side, which is more sinister. They got pictures of people making faces or smiling, and it showed the 28 horses tested could identify the differences. When it was angry, their heart rate would increase, their attention would be different, and they reacted with nervousness. So a reaction to an angry face or facial from a man Emotionally connects to the horse that he can read it. This is amazing. But you can go on to do this and use these things in training and become one with the horse. These traits of what the animal kingdom has, as opposed to what people are doing like PETA and just worshiping the animal, is connected to man in a way that we've lost this, and you learn many lessons about life, raising a family, work ethics, and we have this whole void of many joys we see with our children here. And we've got horses. We've talked about this. You know that. One of my sons is in Texas. The other is in Florida, both training. The one in Texas called me the other day and said he got on a horse that was four years old, hadn't been ridden much. The trainer he's working with, who's also famous and well-known, takes wild coats and ride them. He says he got on this horse, and the horse just exploded and bucked for over 100 yards. He's so conditioned to riding these things that he doesn't get thrown off. I said, did it scare you any? He said, no, I loved it. He loves that. But he's gaining skills that you can never get at a university or nowhere else in life except dealing with animals like this. It's dangerous. It's deadly. The guy he works with has been injured seriously several times. They've had to put his face back together. And that was when he's been working with horses about 30 years. So I always tell him, you say, hey, Mary, before you get on these things, because he jumps on sticks of dynamite and explosive way they ride and rides them until he calms them down. And then they pass it on to somebody refining the training. Not many people want to get on an atomic bomb. And these horses are high-strung. Very well-bred, very expensive, so they keyed up 10 times more than a normal horse would be wild. But my point in bringing all this up is we're missing something in life that people don't have an infrastructure to raise properly their kids, even if they want to do it. It doesn't exist. And that's why villages have to spring up. That's why people have to go back and live close to the soil. They have to get the animals and they'll learn everything they need to do to deal with life. You know, everything you're saying here is another revelation of Our Lady. For those of you that might have listened to the Medjinomics broadcast earlier today, if you haven't listened to it, you need to go back and listen to the February 25th, 2016 Medjinomics broadcast called Who's the Bigot, I believe is what it was called. 
And a friend of Medjugorje gives an incredible revelation about Our Lady, which I'm not going to get into. Was that, was that today's show? That was today's show, yeah. right. So uh, an unbelievable revelation, and you can go listen to it and, and hear it for yourself. But in regards to this message here, this was kind of like the hand on the shoulder, you know, the the kid that's being bad in school and the teacher comes and puts the hand on the shoulder or whatever. This is kind of like the hand on the shoulder message from Our Lady to us. And I'm sure a lot of people probably read this and felt pretty convicted by it. I know I did. But everything that you said earlier in the broadcast about the glory of being with Our Lady qualifies what comes as a result of this message. So the question I have is not directly, I guess, related directly to the message, but in a message like this that we received today, what does this tell you about who Our Lady is? What does this tell you about the person of who she is? We know the roles that she's fulfilling. We know the things that she's coming to teach us, but Our Lady herself, what does this message tell you about who Our Lady is? It's kind of difficult to answer that in a simplistic way, but she was a follower of Jesus. She went to the cross. She suffered. She made mistakes. She didn't sin. But to be human, to live on this earth, is mistakes. It was a mistake when they lost Jesus. Can you imagine what she suffered and went through? Going all the way back from the paths and the roads that she had to get back to Jerusalem to find Jesus, not knowing how could she lose God. She knew by then who he was. You don't think that hurt that she suffered? So there's not any man that's not made a mistake, including Our Lady. That's not a fault. It's just part of what life is. And so a lot of people are raising their children, and we have a thing that forces mistakes, just like I was talking about. The vanquishing of the grand way of life hurts children. They're minus out of work. I was just reading something recently in the state of Alabama about they're going to be starting enforcing child labor laws. It's insane. That was for sweatshops. Those things were for things that were, they were taking advantage of children. You don't want your children at five years old to learn how to work? Or if you've got a company to teach them how to do that? It's scary what I was reading as far as they don't even see that a child under 16 should ever be working. And the article was talking about that there's a lot of people bringing their children to work and they have to go in and check on these places. If your mother's got a clothing store, the 14-year-old's not folding clothes. They quote the guy who's an enforcer of this, that they cannot do anything under 16 that benefits the business. So you got your child there and you're working there and you tell little Johnny or little Susie to sweep the floor you're going to get arrested. What has happened to us? Where is logic? Where is reason? Where is common sense? And the point man got, and you was just asking me a question, who is this woman? Joseph had Jesus in the workshop teaching him when he was five years old how to make little things for his mother. Teaching him how to love through his work to spend his time to bring these presents to her. And today, that's working in a sweatshop. You can't do that. We're known all over the place for the way our children here grew up and worked. They're around us, and I work constantly. It's play. We work while they play with us. In fact, I had two of my grandchildren in my kitchen today. My wife's not home right now in town. She's visiting her mother. And little Lucy, who's how old? Five? Four. And little Tony's too. And I'm washing the dishes, cleaning things up. They wanted to do it. They get in the way. I only had an hour. I got a lot going on. We got the measurements we did, and then we got this show today, so I'm full pack day. They wanted to wash dishes. I didn't hesitate. I'm listening to some of the songs we're playing right now to see which we go through a hundred songs. So I'm listening to the songs while I'm doing all this. So I pull up their sleeves, put them both there in the stew. They make a big mess. There's water all over the place, but they enjoyed that. And little Lucy was telling little Tony, Tony, because he was getting what she rinsed, what I washed, and he's getting it and throwing it back over my side, over her. She kept telling him to stop that. I said, let him do what he's doing, Lucy. 
for him. He thinks he's working. And it was a joy to see that. If you could have been peeking behind the corner, you couldn't help but smile. I was smiling. Was it a position that you could be aggravated about or impatient? But I took it the other way as grace. And he got down and just folded his arm like he did something after that. And I wiped all the floor up, water all over the counters, and rinse everything again. Most people won't do that. But that's life's lessons. That's teaching. It's more difficult to allow them to do that than you just get the work done. But it's not important that you get your work done. It's how you get your work done and what you do with it and the fruit from it. And so we have these things, people making terrible, terrible mistakes. And they don't know how to raise children. They don't know how to be with each other. And we have broken people shooting broken arrows. They don't hit the target anymore. They miss it everything because kids have never been taught that. So why is there any hope? Why is it that our lady and who is she? She takes its patience. She's, she's got Jesus, the God, the child. You don't think she took time with him? Of course, it's a ridiculous statement to question you about that. Do you do that to your children? And you wonder why they're worn it off? You want them out there? Somebody just told me recently, I ran across somebody and they said, well, I have to have those gadgets for my kids for babysitter. And the kid's three years old. Go ahead and see what kind of monster you end up with at 14. We have our three-year-olds learning how to work. They may be back in a mess, but we're going to have them there. And you'll have people that will have a lot of problems in life. Things will be missing because it was missing in their childhood. We live tragedy. And answering your question more clearly, who is this woman? What kind of woman is she? She's one that's here to show us. I want your kids working. This law is messed up. Children have to learn how to work when they're young to be happy when they grow older. If they do not have that, they'll be idle. And we know from the mean old bad nuns from grammar school, those that went to them, that they always said, idols is a devil's workshop. And truly, that's where sin comes from, being too idle. Hey, show me one man that's never made mistakes. And I'll pay All of my time and every dime I made But today The best of intentions I lay at your feet And I need you to see past The worst part of me I'm tired of taking my aim when I keep on missing There's gotta be a better way Gotta be a better way Whenever little word I say Keeps getting twisted or Coming out wrong So hold on I'm trying to hit the mark But I'm shooting with broken arrows It's like I'm shooting with broken arrows Be a saint, but I got a heart of gold. Yeah, oh, like a telephone connection ain't clear, but I hope you hear my soul. You gotta know, yeah, the best of intentions I lay at your feet. Had a Stay.
got an exemption here that our lady said in 1988 to us. She told us on November 20th, 1988, may your life be prayer, may your work be offered as a prayer and that everything you do bring you towards me. Our Lady exempted our work. And in the village of Medjugorje, she said something quite different, October 17th, 1985. Now that all the work in the field is over, you're finding time for cleaning even the most neglected areas, but you leave your heart aside. She goes on and says, work in your heart. Our Lady consecrated our work knowing that she had a lot of things that she had a vision that we had no idea of was manifested here in the Tabernacle of Our Lady's Messages, our whole operation, the whole community, and operations in Medjugorje, and the whole support base is here, and what's coming in the future, that was going to take a lot of work. And we've got the beauty of knowing our work is sacred, and that she said, may your life be prayer, May your work be offered as a prayer. How many people get that when she's telling them, as you're working too much? You need to be working in your heart. She foresaw what this place was going to be. And that's turned this into a heaven. Something special for us. And so when we lay down at night, we have so much to contemplate. We have purpose when we get up. There's purpose to our life. And that's the hope she wants to give to you. But that means death of the way you're doing things because today you're lost. What is your goal? Our goal is to be buried across the street from here in the cemetery. After living a life of the messages that bring us to holiness, that we're glorified through Our Lady and leave that in memory of her and exalt her position to help more people to come to know and love her. And so her name to us is important. I remember reading about Mariana years ago that she was talking about strife in her family. And when she saw some things happening, she would just be at the kitchen table and not respond in any way. She would just call out her lady's name quietly in her heart. She'd just say, Mary. And she said, she said again, she just said, Mary, Mary, Mary. It's a beautiful thing. Just the mentioning of that changes. Not one single prayer is prayed without results. It may not be something that strikes like lightning quickly, but there's an effect. Don't devalue your prayer. Don't devalue just calling upon the name Mary. Does it mean something? Sometimes at the night, I just say, Mother, Mother, just call upon her. You want her there. 
We have such a connection between heaven and earth today that it's seamless if you want it to be. But if you're not interested in that, you'll be lost. And there'll be no death on the cross because you'll be constantly nailed to it, tortured to it, which is the world. And so Our Lady wants us to do things and my walk and what people in the community here has gone, we never knew it was going to be this hard. And often it seems like it's endless sorrow. Conversion means that. But in the end, you call upon her name. Our Lady said March 4th, 1985, if you have any problems, whatever it be, call me. Can you pick up your telephone and call the police chief and say, I'd like to talk to you? Can you pick up your phone and call your mayor? Even if you only got a town that you live in is a thousand people. No, you can't. But one thing you can do, if you have a problem, whatever it be, call me. I will come immediately and help you in advising you on the best resolving the difficulty. This is incredible stuff revealed to us. Our efficacy, our ladies, given of new power. A father in the home with his child looking on him will follow his witness, not his advice. We have to live a certain way. We have to give witness. We call upon Our Lady. We call upon Jesus. And your children will follow that. And when you try to give them advice that something you haven't lived, they're not going to listen to that. They're going to do what you do. You're going to curse somebody because they pull in front of you. They'll do the same thing when they get started driving. And if you advise them, don't say that. They won't go by that. They go by witness. This is the key. But we've been told a gift that whatever problems you have, call and I'll come immediately to you. And so Our Lady's heart's broken often in her life. And we're following her witness. She's calling us for this. I never knew it would be so hard to go through conversion. I never knew it would be so hard to die on the cross and put so many things on the altar. I wanted to follow Our Lady. I wanted God's will. When it began to happen, I said, God, I didn't know it was going to be like this. But I said, often I have no more strength. But I said yes to Jesus. And that yes is my yes, and my strength is his strength. He'll have to do it for me because I have no more reserve. One day you're in the well deeper, the next day the hole gets deeper, and it goes deeper, and you never can make it and go on for years like this. Cognition of purification is not pleasant, but it's necessary for the apostles to tell the other people who when they go through it, what it was like to be there and just have to call upon her name, the name that is given this time for us to cry out to. You never said, you never said, you never said that it would be this hard When love is meant to be forever, now it never seems to discard There's gotta be a better way for me to say what's on my heart without leaving scars So can you hear me when I call you Can you hear me when I call you? Stand 
Don't think you won't have scars. Our Lady said, kneel down beneath the cross and look at my son. He conquered sin and died so that you, my children, may live. Permit me to help you not to die, but to live with my son forever. I spoke to Maria today, an hour after she spoke to Our Lady today. We spoke about what she spoke about with Our Lady in the conversation they had. I asked her, what was it like in her disposition today? She said she was tranquil. She was in peace. Who am I? Who are you? That heaven is this close. That you can say, Mary, tonight when you go to sleep, Mary, be with me, and I will come. We live in a surreal moment. We don't understand the greatness of the gift we've been given. Be thankful. Pray all night. Even cry tears. Enjoy and sorrow at what we've been given and what we don't deserve. Mary, the woman of Nazareth, the mother of Jesus, who left heaven today, who came down to speak to you and to me. We wish you Our Lady. We love you. Good night.
This ends the Radio Wave Show with a friend of Mechagoria. You can order this show on CD by contacting Caritas in the U.S. at 205-672-2000. Again, 205-672-2000.